We are in our Shape series. Uh, it's a series that we're going through five weeks looking at how you were made for ministry. Where do you fit in life? And I think a lot of times we wonder, hey, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What does God want from me? And, and uh, oftentimes we can tell what he wants from us by looking how he designed us. And that's what we're doing, taking five weeks to do that. Uh, before we get into it, however, we always want to memorize the Word of God, and uh, we have been memorizing a section of Scripture that has to do with this, and this comes for us from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In the last two weeks, we did 1 Corinthians 12, 4, which talks about how the Holy Spirit, or the spiritual gifts, there's different gifts that, that uh, are there, but it's the same Spirit who distributes them, right? So the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us all the different kinds of gifts, so no one is better than the other, but they're all important. The second week, last week, we talked about how there are, are different areas of service that we're able to, to serve in, and yet it is the same Lord, right? All the different things. So today we talk about there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And we'll talk about why it's important in just a minute. We are uh, all made different for a purpose and a reason, right? If everybody in the church was like me, we would have a lot of fun and get nothing done, right? We'd have great plans and nothing would happen, right? And, and so sometimes we need a visionary, but we also have other things that need to take place, right? And every person is part of this body together. In fact, in that passage that we just memorized, if we went just, uh, just right below that, and that what Paul is talking about is he says, listen, there are all kinds of different ways that we serve, Right? but it's the same God who's, who's made us. He's made us different. And right after that, he says, it's just like a body that God designed and there's different organs and all the organs do their own thing. And if every part does what it's supposed to do, the whole body is healthy and it's, it grows and it's filled with love. But if one part's missing or not doing what it's supposed to do, then we have problems, right? That's what we call illness and sickness and not good. And we don't want the body of Christ to be sick. But here's the thing is, it also addresses in that passage about the body is that, Sometimes we give more honor to certain gifts or certain parts, right? We think, oh, this is better. Maybe, uh, maybe you're able to serve in a very obvious way. Maybe you can preach, right? And if you have that ability or lead a Bible study or do one of these types of things or, or have the boldness and the ability to go and learn new languages and cultures and you can be a missionary, then we think, oh, well, that's, those are amazing Christians. Those are like really good, right? But me... God must not like me as much because I'm not gifted as much. I don't have as many good things. Maybe my gifts or my abilities aren't as good. And what happens is, is that we can begin to look at other Christians and we can become envious, which destroys unity in the body, and the body needs to work together. Or it can create pride, right? In which I look down my nose and say, well, if you were as cool as me, right? And that destroys unity in the body, and, and that's harmful, and that's why it breaks apart. That's why we're memorizing those passages. We want God's Word to shield us right, and protect us from the vision. As we look at how God shaped us to realize that how he made you is exactly perfect to how you are supposed to be. And there was an amazing truth in this is that our God is sovereign, right, and he's eternal. He's been planning you for a very long time, and he's been shaping you for a very long time, and he has made you perfectly for your ministry today. Right now, you are perfectly shaped for ministry. And think about how amazing this is. That, that 10 years ago, if you were in Christ, you were perfectly made for your ministry 10 years ago, but he's continued to shape you. He's honed you. And now you might be shaped for something entirely new. And in 10 years from now, you'll be shaped for a whole new ministry. That's how cool God is. So we want to know, what does God have for you? How do you fit into this body today? Every part is important. Well, how do we do that? Well, we look at how God made us. 
At the very beginning, I talked about how you can tell like a tire is not supposed to be a hammer, right? Why? Because it's shaped wrong. If you want to hang a picture on your wall, no one walks out into the garage and takes the spare tire and then starts you know, trying to drive a nail, right? It won't work. You can do it, but it's hard and it'll create a lot of damage and problems and frustrating and exhaustion. And a lot of us, we get into ministries where we weren't shaped for and we feel exhausted and tired and, and it's frustrated, and then God has something so much better for us. So instead of just looking at what the need is, I think it's important for us to look at how did God shape me? How did God shape you in particular? And that'll tell us how you fit into his plan. And that's what we're doing. And so there are different ways that God has shaped us. Oftentimes we can just look at one or two, but that's insignificant. I think we need to, uh, 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 it was insignificant in a way like this. If we just look at one or two ways that God has shaped me, I see myself in a very small area. I think that God can only use a very por- small portion of me. Instead, we want to see the very holistic view of how God made you so you can find how significant you are in his kingdom. And so this is how we're going to look at how God made you. Look at your spiritual gifts. That's the S in this. And we, we went through that uh, message and we gave you some tools for that. Last week, we looked at heart. That is your passions. That's what you're made for. And by the way, thank you for all of you who did fill out our Heart to Serve survey. I am reviewing those and a lot of you have gotten uh, back, heard back from me yet. But if you haven't, be patient. I'm I'm, there's just a lot of them to go through, so I'll get back with you this week. If you haven't taken that yet, please um, do that, and I'll review your, your passions. So it's a good communication to see what your passion is for ministry. This week, we're going to talk about our abilities, how, uh, what are the things you're good at that you can serve with God. Next week, we'll talk about personalities. Super fun, really cool tool that we found for that one. And then at the end, experiences. And boy, do experiences shape us, don't they? All of those together. That's how we're made for ministry. We're going to look at those. And so today we're going to look at abilities. So we want to go to that next lovely slide, abilities. And, uh, and so as we look at our abilities, um, what are our abilities? Well, let's define them. Abilities are this. It's just the capacity or the talents to do something well. That is what Webster says. And so I looked at that. Dic- you know, Typically, I don't just like to... I hated speeches where people said, Webster's Dictionary defines this, but I did it today. So... But I was like, really clarify, what are our abilities? And it was interesting as I began to study that, I noticed that there are some, he, uh, the dictionary really defines it by these three terms that are there in capacity. And we look at a capacity, and that's really something that you are able to do. So uh, um, think about this, um, a, a one-gallon container, like a milk jug, has the capacity for one gallon typically of milk, but you could pretty much put anything in there if you want, other than like lava, right? Because it would, doesn't have the capacity for that. But it has a capacity, right? Each of us has a certain level of capacity for something, and that is from God. And different people have different capacities, right? And that is, and, and more is not always better, right? Have you ever gone shopping at one of those big places like Costco or Sam's, and you got like the huge things of, of mustard, right? Bigger is not always better, is it? Right? Yeah, you got a bunch of it. Doesn't sound as good. Capacity, like our capacity to do things, it is a, uh, it tells us kind of in what way God wants us to serve in something. And all of these are from God. They're different kinds of workings, but in all of them, every one is the same God at work, right? So we want to look at our capacity, be very realistic, not what I wish that I was, but how did God make me now? What is my capacity? Next thing is our talents, our talents are, are just our, our skills and our, our, our abilities that we have, our natural uh, uh, skills that, we, that we've picked up in life, right? Some of them we're born with, some of them we do, um, but these are things that you can just do. And those skills come with different capacities, right? Some people are really great at explaining things one-on-one. Some people are really great at explaining things to huge groups of people but are horrible one-on-one, right? 
different capacities. Same thing. But we want to see what are we good at and what capacity. And there's that last part there that says we do something well. These are not just things that you can do. These are the things that you're good at. For example, I can change my tire. I have the ability to do that, right? But I will never work for a NASCAR team because I don't do it well, right? I mean, if I did that, the guy would pull out and the tire would shoot off to the side and I would be run over, right? Because it would take me so darn long. There are things that you can do, but that's not what we're talking about. What are the things that you do well? Now, um, before my iPad crashed, there was a, a story that I was going to read. It was, I will summarize, but it's a story about, uh, about animals that had a school. And in these animals, they had this school, and they could do, they had different, the, all the animals took the same classes, same core classes. There was swimming, and there was running, and there was climbing, right? There's all the, these classes that they have to do. And, and, uh, and so they all had to go through these courses, and, and they found out that not all of them were good at everything. Like the duck, you know, he could... He could swim really good. He was not a, he was an okay flyer, and man, he was horrible at climbing, right? So they make him drop out of all of the, you know, back off on the swimming stuff because he's already good at that. And so what do they do is then they force him to take extra classes on how to climb. And by the end of the time, he's not really that good of a climber anyhow, but now he's just a mediocre swimmer and he's frustrated, right? But everybody else feels better because at least he's not intimidated by his swimming skills. And then, you know, like the eagle. The eagle was awesome, except for he was a problem student, because like, he climbing, he could make it to the top of the tree faster than anyone, but he had to do it in his own way, right? And, like, and he didn't ever even participate in the swimming thing, so eventually he was expelled, because he wasn't a good student at all. They kick him out. And like the rabbit, the rabbit was awesome at running. Everybody was like, wow, this is great, except for the rabbit couldn't swim and he couldn't climb, and so basically he flunked out, and, and he tried so hard, he had like a nervous breakdown. That was just the way it was. <laughs> Right? And you have like the turtle. And like the turtle was just lousy at everything. Couldn't do anything right. And, and they, they looked at the turtle and as they looked, they was like, man, what's your problem? And they found out it's probably a shell. It's carrying this, this is a problem. So he had the, the shell removed, right? And it did help him become a little bit better at running. Not much, but a little. But he died because the horse stepped on him. Right? <laughs> at the end of the year, everyone, the other teacher would come together and be like, this was disappointing. Right? This was frustrating. Now, it was a great school in humility, right? Everybody learned what they're not good at. And, uh, you know, everybody figured out that we're all not all that great. But uh, no one ever really succeeded. Well, here's the thing we're going to talk about abilities, our capacity to do something well. It's ridiculous. That story, we sound it sounds so crazy, but it's how oftentimes we operate in the church. We have this idea that humility must mean that I can't be good at anything. Because if I'm good at something, then I'll be prideful, Right? And, and that'll be bad, so shove, shove that down, right? So if you are really great at prayer, that's awesome. We're not going to worry about the prayer, your prayer life. I'm not going to help you in that. But, you know, and then if you were like, maybe you're really, really bad at like one-on-one discipleship, well, that's where I'm going to spend all my time making you. It's like, taking, it's like taking a rabbit and trying to teach you to, to climb a tree, right? There are different ways of doing things. And if you look at in life, if you go to work for a company, and say you're really good at sales, and they hire you to be a salesperson, right? What are all of your trainings going to be in? Probably how to sell, right? If you're really bad at management, they're not going to take a salesperson and say, hey, we're going to make you a manager, right? We're going to give you better management skills until you're really good. That person would burn out. They would be horrible. Look at a sports team. Some people watch the Broncos occasionally, right? 
And when they do, you, have, you see that there are different kinds of people. On the, you have linemen that are really big guys, right? They're really good at pushing people around. But they're probably not all that great at running fast. <laughs> so when you go to the Broncos training camp, do you see the linemen just spending the entire time learning how to run the ball or throw the football really well? No, you, you watch them practice pushing people around because that's what they're good at. Like the quarterback... You see him practicing pushing people around? No. You see the quarterback learning how to throw better. He's already great at throwing. Why? Because we excel and we do what we're naturally good at. And, and the church should be no different. That's just how everything else in life works. It's one of the reasons why here in this church, we want to empower you, equip you to serve according to how God shaped you. And part of that are your abilities, the things that you naturally do well. And isn't it more fun to do things that you're good at? Yeah. And God made you good at things. So let's talk about five myths about abilities. And the first one is this, is that people aren't born with skills. A lot of times we, we hear this and we say, you know what, you're good at something because you were trained at it or because of the family that you were in, but people aren't just naturally born with abilities. And, and that one is absolutely wrong. Um, and we can see that. Look at um, Michael Phelps, right? That guy was made for swimming, wasn't he? Right? I could practice every single day learn how to swim. And I'm a horrible swimmer now, but let's say I practice every single day and I get the best coaches in the world. And I get the best diet and I go and I swim and I swim and I swim and I practice and practice and practice. And I did all of that. I would still lose to Michael Phelps. How do I know that? Because the best swimmers in the world just had a big competition of them, right? And they swam against him and they lost, <laughs> right? Here's the deal. I wasn't gifted with that ability, right? I can practice really, really hard, but he had something that that was just naturally he was good at. And that's awesome, right? And when you do something that you're good at, it stands out. The reality is you can just give me a nice X up there because I, I made these nice, this isn't that cool animation? People are born with skills and abilities. You were born with things that you're just good at. Isn't that cool? Yeah, God made you for something, and he, even from birth, you didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to go get a degree or anything. You were just good at it. And those things are fun in our lives, Right? So one of the things we have to recognize is that you are good at something. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the God who created you, right? All right, let's talk about our next myth. This is it. People only, uh, or skills are only learned in the classrooms, right? This is the idea that I've heard this a lot. Aaron, I would love to serve in that area of ministry, but I've never been trained. <laughs> I don't have that. Wait a second. You do this everywhere else in life. <laughs> now here's the deal, is that... Uh, classrooms we do learn a lot of great skills in right we take classes we ha um there's vocational schools we get a lot of cool things in there's apprenticeships there's areas in our life that we have opportunities to serve in and we do learn a lot of things there and there's so not, not taking away but give me a nice x here because here's the thing is that skills are not only learned in the classroom a uh, tons of the skills that we have in life most of them actually we learned outside of formal education haven't we right a lot of these great skills that we learn it's, it's in the interaction with other people. It's in the opportunity of living life and in doing things. And those skills are absolutely as valid. Those abilities are just as valid as the ones that we learned in the classroom, right? And so it's not excluding the things that we've learned formally, but it's also in looking into our life and expanding that view, saying, what are my abilities? Let's start looking at your entire life. What are the things that you've had the opportunity to do? What are you good at? All right, third, third myth is that you are aware of all of your abilities, right? And this is the idea is saying, if I'm good at something, I'll know it because I'll stand out. I'll be a star in it and it'll be obvious. 
The truth, the, that's true in some things, but for most things, when I'm good at it, I just do things and it works, and so I don't think about them. It just kind of goes, I, I, uh, because I'm good at something, it doesn't cause me any problems, there's no frustration, and so I just kind of take it for granted, I just kind of coast pie those things, and I just don't even recognize that I'm good at them, all right? And it's because I'm good at them is why I don't see them. And so they stay kind of stealthy. Now, other people will look in your life and they'll say, you're good at that, right? But you never asked or had anybody you know, ask, hey, am I good at that? Because you never even thought it was something to be good at. You just simply are. And so uh, that's something that we're going to have to have is uh, an, a, a tool or something or a way to help you become more aware of, of evaluating your life to say, really, what are my abilities? Because chances are you have a lot of things that you are good at, you're just not aware that you're good at them. And so we'll talk about how you can get those today. So you're not aware of all of your abilities. You're aware of some of them, yes, but not all of them. So all of us should take a time to, to reflect on what we're good at. Okay, let's talk about our next myth is this, is vocational skills can't be used for ministry. I hear this a lot too. And you know what? I think it, it really is the church's fault. And it came from a, a right heart. The church... Uh, um, as we come together as a body of Christ, we recognize that this world is broken and that our God is not, right? He is amazing, and the kingdom that we're being called to is far better than the, the world that we experience right now. And because of that, because our God is holy and he's called us his holy people, right, and all this kind of things, we've done is we've separated the holy things, the sacred things of life, from the secular things of life. That's just everything else. Right? And so we've created this dividing wall. And so you have the sacred and the secular, and we're like, don't touch the two, right? Because we want to keep the holy things holy. The problem is that God didn't do it this way. See, God took secular people like you and me, and he made us holy. So we, it's not like you live in two different worlds, that you are living in a secular world and then in a holy world, and there's different places. You, I'm secular over here, and I'm holy over here. God says, you are holy. He's made you that way. He's called you out and has made you a new people. You are actually saints. That's what it it says in Scripture. It's the Bible calls you, you are a saint. It says you are his child. It says you are his ambassador. It says that you are his missionary. It says that you are his minister. It says that you are a holy priesthood. That's you, not, not just me, us. You are holy. No matter where you go in life now, there is holiness there. Think about that. You are separate, set apart for bigger things. The things that I used to do that had no eternal value now have eternal value, right? If I love somebody and I care for them before I was in Christ, that love was great, but it would end with my life. But now that I am in Christ and I live for bigger things and I am holy and set apart, I'm, I'm part of something much bigger than myself. When I love somebody, it is now ministry and there can be echoes that reverberate for eternity, in that. Do you see this? Because you are holy, we shouldn't separate the secular from the holy anymore in our lives. You are holy. Every part of you. Every part of your life. And that means this, that, that your vocational skills very much are part of holiness. Before what you used to do, before you were in Christ, you would go to work and you would work for a job that was very temporary and who would even care after you retired? But now, when you go to work, it says that we are ministering unto the God. It's an act of worship when we work well, right? It's, a, it's an act of worship when I serve in those things. And actually, I'm a minister and a missionary there. But you know what? Those same skills also carry into the church family. It, it, you, we typically get paid for what we're good at, right? 
And I think a lot of times we've been told, listen, keep your secular stuff out of the church. I'm going to tell you, you are the church. That's part of your life. If you're good at teaching, then teach. If you're good at, at encouraging, encourage. If you're good at keeping books, then keep books, right? Do it for the Lord. Recognize that it already is ministry. So it's not are you, are you equipped and skilled to do things. It's how are you using those skills and those gifts intentionally to build God's kingdom, right? And so give us a nice X is that you can use vocational skills for me. It's not the only skills that you have, but you can. And I want to let you know that you're free to do those. So think about this. Think about like the medical mission. We have people in our church that are nurses and doctors, things like that. Where do they go out and they go into all kinds of places and they use those gifts to bless people, right? That's a great example of it. Or when we had the flood, right? And we were all mucking out house and stuff. There are people in our church that have building experience, right? And how they were help us to make sure that we weren't taking down walls that were, you know, weight bearing and things like this. Their skills were very important, right? Or people in our church that are, are they, they, uh, they run uh, kitchens and stuff professionally and they're caterers. And you know, they've, they've been able to use that and uh, like our, our meals on wheels and all this kinds of stuff that we create. They're using that for ministry as well. You have gifts and skills, are we using for ministry? You can. You absolutely can. And you know, I want you to be free to do that. The next one here is number five. Is This last one is that I don't have many abilities. This is really common. Now, occasionally I have people on the other side, but this is really rare. They say, oh, I'm gifted at everything. But that's really rare. Most people say, how can God use a person like me? Right? I'm certainly not as gifted and talented as other people. I'm a loser in the kingdom, Right? That's exactly, I mean, I hear that a lot. How could God use someone like me? I don't have many gifts. I don't have much to offer. That is so false. Give me a good X on this one because that is so bad. I don't even want to see it. Just put it there. X, it'll happen. Okay, here it is. I do have many abilities. You do. Sociological studies, several of them were done here in the late 90s, which I found, that's because that's when I was studying. Um, they found out that the average person has between five and 700 abilities. Yeah, and that's the average person, right? So even if you're below average, you've got hundreds and hundreds, right? But the average person, some people have more than that. You've got lots of abilities, things that not only can you do, but things that you do well. Every person has been gifted by God to do amazing things, to be part of his body together. Now, some of those things are very visible, and some of those things are very quiet, right? But all of them are important. Um, Judd Payne stopped me after church today. He said, you know, I, I read an article this week. It was fascinating. It's about DNA, right? Because most of us don't think about what our DNA are doing during, through the week. Do you spend much time thinking about your DNA through the week? See, I don't either. And uh, so it's like something that our body does that I just like taking for granted. I mean, think about it. He says, every time you go into the sun, those sun rays psh, 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 damage you on your, your cells and your DNA, stuff like that. And so there are these little things that God made, and he didn't know the name of them either, but he says they go along and they clip off all the damage that the sun has done, and then they remove it. That's their job. Aren't you glad that you have those? We'd all be like mutants, right, if we didn't have that. And so here's the thing is every, every one of our abilities, even if it seems insignificantly tiny, even if it's down on the DNA level, is important, right? You are important in God's kingdom. And so it's important for us to find out what your abilities are. So how do we do that? Well, the very first thing that's not even on here is this. Got to ask God. You got to talk to God, 
right? He's going to give us wisdom and clarity, so we're going to do that. So everything else, first let's talk to God, and then it's this. List out your current and past vocations. This is not rocket science. Like, this whole series is so simple. I mean, the doctrine is not difficult, right? Because practical, it's just everyday things. First thing we do, list what you've done, right? You've gained skills, through doing things. And vocations, I know the word means that you're getting paid to do it, but I tell you what, let's, let's change the definition a little bit. Things that you are responsible for, right? Because those are just as important. I remember when I was a young, uh, when I was growing up and um, I was six and my younger brother was born, right? And so he was a baby and I certainly didn't get paid for this, but it was my job to make sure this back in the days of the cloth diapers. Oh, okay. It was my job to make sure that they were cloth diapers in the drawer, right? And that was an important thing. So that was a responsibility that I had. You know what? That I learned a lot of great things from that, that, that if I didn't do my job, other people suffered, right? It, it helped me learn how to go back through and how to check things, right? It, it helped me communicate if there were issues, right? I learned some real good skills in that, but that was a responsibility I have. You have lots of responsibility in your life. Start listening them down. I think you'll be surprised at how many things that you actually are good at. The second thing we want to see is list the skills that you gained doing those things, right? So like in my, my diaper duties, right? I did learn how to fold, right? But it does, but ability say what you do well, so I'm going to leave that off the list, right? But I did do this well as I did communicate really good with my parents, right? I did learn this as I got to learn the process of how, you know, things needed to be cleaned, right? And so I could forecast if, if I wanted clean diapers in the drawer, it meant that these ones had to somehow get laundered, right? That's, I learned some good skills that way. You've learned a lot of skills in your life too, doing the things that you've done. You might want to list some of those down. Uh, and that's going to be a fun list for you because these are things you're good at. And you're like, well, I'm a pretty great guy, right? Or gal. Okay, next one. List your natural skills, things that you're just naturally good at. You didn't have to work at these. You just did them, right? I remember when I was a kid, I could run fast. Why did God give me that ability? I don't know. But it was great when it lasted, right? It was an awesome thing. I had, but I, because of that, I began to love sports, which is now I'm using in coaching, right? But look at your natural skills, are you good at cooking, right? Something that you just didn't have to practice. You just one day got and you're good at. You're good at decorating. That's huge. Something you just like didn't even have to read all the decor magazines. You're just, I'm just good at that. You're good at fixing stuff, tinkering, you know, like you got to take stuff apart and put it back together, whatever. What are you just naturally good at? I'll tell you, it's so much more fun to do the things that you're already good at, isn't it? See, I went, I went fishing with a guy who was good at fishing and he had so much more fun than I did. Right? <laughs> right? He good. I wasn't. I was just sitting there, just sitting there. He was like, bringing them in all day long. See, when we do what we're good at, we have a lot more fun in life. We enjoy our experience and what we do. And you know what? We're way more productive. That guy caught a lot more fish than I did, by the way. Look at your natural abilities. What are your natural skills? How did God make you? List those down. Write them out. Next thing we want you to do is that use the abilities identifier. Why? You know how I love, uh, I love, looking at how our world, how we can become better as the body of Christ. And there's this, uh, I talked about sociology, a study of how people work. And uh, sociologists discovered that there are 26 areas in society that we fulfill different roles. Every person kind of goes into these categories. And some people do multiple categories, I kind of believe. But there's about 26 different categories in human society that kind of get 
filled. And because of that, um, it makes it stands to reason that every person kind of fits into some area into that, and they just kind of have the ability to kind of fit at least into one or two of those. Most of us, however, don't know where those are because we're good at it. We're already doing it. So we've created a tool that has listed these out and kind of given you some examples of what those are. And uh, so that way you can go through and say, hey, is this me? Now, the thing is, is that um, you should fill out the ability identifier, kind of see which of these do you might have. But then give this to somebody else that knows you well and ask them, what do you think I'm good at? Because they may see things in you that you don't, right? They may see gifts and skills in that you don't. Or you might think you're good at one thing, and really not be, right? <laughs> and so it's important to, to have that, that check. But we have an ability identifier. It's a, it's a tool um, that we've developed. You can pick up your own free copy in the back on your way out it's, it's with all the rest of the shape tools. If you like doing stuff tech, uh, Zach has done a great job as, as putting this online. And it's, you can get it on our, our website, funchurch.com. And uh, there's a place that calls Shape Tools. And you can click that, and you'll be able to fill this out and nice and clean. So that's the next thing that you can do. Put all those together. Keep all of your lists. Hold them all together. Why? Because at the end of this series, we're going to look at your spiritual gifts. We're going to look at your heart, your passions. We're going to look at your abilities. We're going to look at your personality. We're going to look at your experiences. And we're going to be able to put all of these together. You see how God shaped you. And so then the opportunity then to find out how he may have created you perfectly to serve in his kingdom. So that's what we're going to do. So make sure you hold on to these things. That makes sense? And if, you know what, if you missed uh, the first sermon in the series... Oh, the first two, uh, don't despair. Don't sit in there. Oh, we have all of them online. You go to funchurch.com. They're there. All of the tools are there. Uh, chance to, to catch up and to make sure that you find what you're good at. Okay, so how do we put this, how do we roll this all together? Well, here we go. Take out your connection card because I, I love to give you practical things to do because I know there are a lot of people like me who won't do something unless there's something very clear and concise and, and uh, has a, a timeline because I'm a procrastinator and there's other, I'm not the only one I know. So voila, a tool to help you. On the back, there are commitments I want you to make. And I want us to do this together as the body of Christ so that way together we can find how we fit together. Does that make sense? So if everybody be kind of in court. So here's some, some challenges that I have for you. I, would, I encourage you to commit to these things. And the first one is this. This week I commit to. first one is memorizing 1 Corinthians 12.6. Why? It is so essential that we keep Christ's heart for this church center as we go through huge risk when we're talking about how I'm shaped for ministry is this. One, it could lead to pride, which then makes, it, it hurts relationship, right? Destroys unity. The other one is it creates envy. I wish I was like that other person. I want to free you with God's word to accept and to embrace the person that he made you to be. And notice the same God that is at work in you is at work in any, everybody else. And he made you perfectly. So I'm going to say, chal- I'm challenging you, memorize God's word, think about it. It's what's going to get us through so we can be honest enough with ourselves to find how God really made us. It also protects us from creating division in the body. So that's why we're going to do that. I'm cur- challenging you to do that. Second thing I'm going to challenge you to do is read the book of James. It's not a long read. 15 minutes, it's, not, it's a short letter, um, so you can read it multiple times throughout the week. But here's why the, the book of James in the New Testament. Here's a guy who was the brother of Jesus, right? So he grew up around somebody who was naturally talented, right? Can you imagine growing up with Jesus, your older brother, right? The guy was good at just lots of stuff. And he learned in his life, watching those things, not to become Jesus himself, right? But to, have to embrace who God made him. And he writes this incredible letter, and he, the, the focus of the book of James really is practical faith, isn't it? It's about, hey, listen, God made you, he loves you and all this, but don't just believe with him in your head. It's actually make it 
part of our life. And it's that wonderful challenge and, and encouragement and description of how we can begin to live our, our life of worship today in this secular world <laughs> as holy people. It's an amazing thing. So here's a, here's a great example of, hey, do what you're good at and do it for God. And the book of James can encourage you with that. So I'm, um, maybe that's what you want to read this week. Next one is this. I'm gonna ca- I hope everybody checks this. Discover my abilities. We're doing this together. You have a week. This used to be a course that we taught the church this five weeks. It used to be a course that we taught called our, our 201 class. <laughs> because that sounds so fun, doesn't it? You know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to do one. The problem was it was four hours. And... And it was like drinking from Niagara Falls, right? You're like, oh, 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 and you drowned, and then nothing, nothing ever happened. And so I, a lot of people go through the class, and then I found that very few of them actually engaged in ministry afterwards. It was just too much too quickly. So that's why we're taking five weeks to go over four hours of material, is to give us time to process these things, spend time with God, pray about these things, think them through, right? In order to do that, because I know that I'm not the only procrastinator here. Let's not put it all to the last week. That's why we're breaking it up. Every week there's something to do. And this week, what I really want you to do is spend time with God, spend time in this word, spend time in prayer, spend time in, in contemplation, and figure out what are your skills. Your, what are your abilities? Do that this week. I encourage you to do that. That way it's um, be a great thing. And then last uh, commitment I'm, I, um, you may want to make is this. You might want to invest those abilities in serving others. If, you're, if you are... Maybe at a point and you're saying, God, what do you have for me in my life, right? You may not want to wait till the very end of the service to start serving people, right? You don't want to end the, wait till the end of this whole series to say, I want to start helping and, and serving, right? If you find that you're good at something, you don't have to wait. I mean, like, we don't have to wait till the end of the five weeks to actually start, um, you know, ministering to other people. <laughs> so maybe this week, if you discover something I'm good at, maybe say, I'm going to use this to bless God or bless somebody else. And so maybe it's what you need right now is just that encouragement. You are freed in Christ to go and to serve people. You are his ambassador. How cool is that? So maybe this week, if you say, you know, I want to invest my abilities this week, something I'm good at. If I'm, if I'm, a, I'm good at cooking, I'm going to bring someone to dinner. What if they don't need a dinner? Who cares? I'm going to bring it because I'm good at cooking. It's going to be better than what they're going to have anyway, right? right? If you're good at something, say, this week, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bless somebody else in a way of worshiping God. If you do that, know that I'll be praying for you because you'll have this. <laughs> when we pray, you know that big things happen in the heavenly realms. That's what the Bible tells us, like big things happen. I'm going to be supporting you and heaven and earth move to help prepare a way for God to use that investment to do something cool. And so I'll be praying for you. Let me know so I can support you. Also, if there's something else, Holy Spirit's right here is telling you today, there's something else I want you to do, let me know so I can be supporting you in that. And, and I will write it down. Also, uh, if you do have a prayer request, you know that I do pray for each of you throughout the week, but if I don't know what to pray for each of you, then it, some of you get general prayers. And they're good things. And I'm not asking bad things over you. I just don't know you well enough to ask any specific, right? Or I don't know what's going on in your life right now. So if you tell me how to pray for you, it really does help me. And it's so cool to see what God has, we've seen God do, just miracles and amazing things. So let me support you. Let me know how to pray. If you put that on that line there, if you want the pastors, our staff, our prayer team to join me in that, uh, they will be doing this. They love to do it. Um, and so what we're going to do in just a couple seconds is we're going to take our offering. And as the baskets are passed and you put your, your tithes and your offerings into that basket, I'm going to ask that you take these connection cards with your commitments and, and prayer requests and you drop that in the offering basket as well. Uh, we should appreciate it. Before we do, however, let's, let's pray over these, would you mind? And let's pray for our, our, our tithes and our gifts. Heavenly Father, thank you for you. Thank you for, for loving us. Thank you for being real. 
Thank you for creating reality. And Father, thank you for being good. Father, thank you for being the standard by which we understand what is good. Father, we thank you for everything because nothing that exists could have existed without you. And Lord, even this brokenness exists because you've given us free will. And Father, we thank you that you didn't just give us the ability to make brokenness, but Father, that you sent your only son into this world to take on that brokenness and to defeat it and to take our sin and and to pay for it. And Father, to give us hope and to give us joy. Father, you would take us who who were made in your image holy and have really messed that up. Father, that you would give us the opportunity to be made holy again, set apart for your kingdom, to do amazing things in our lives now that matter for eternity. And Lord, I pray that as, as a church family that we wouldn't miss out on the great things you have for us. Lord, let us be faithful and serving you according to how you made us. And Father, in order to do that, I know that we need to be aware of what we're good at. So Lord, this week, I pray that you would bless these commitments that we've each made. Help us to keep those. Help us to be uh, good with our time management and things so that we're able to do good works and service out of faith and faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be a burden. But Father, I pray that we would find great joy in serving you. And Father, I pray that as we discover our abilities, it wouldn't lead to pride and it wouldn't lead to envy, but Father, it would lead for a, a right understanding of how we fit into your kingdom. Lord, give us a heart and a passion to serve others as we worship you, even with the things that we're good at. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us see clearly what we're good at this week. Show us our abilities so that we may invest them in love. And Father, I pray in this, Lord, that you would raise up this body of believers to be your hands and feet in our community. Let us love those around us the way that Christ, the way that Christ loves them. Father, I pray that the gospel will go forth in this community. Good news, true good news to those that don't even know it. Father, even because we love them in a way that represents Christ, let us do that through the things that you made us good at. Father, I pray also as you do this, Lord, that uh, you would build your kingdom in our hearts. Let us fall in love with you more. Let us serve you better. Let us connect with our eternal purpose and let us help each other to do that. And Father, as we make these commitments, we're gonna pray that you bless them. But also, Father, we're gonna pray that you bless our tithes and our offerings too. May they be an investment in your kingdom. Lord, an act of faith. Lord, just a way of saying thank you for always providing for us. Build your kingdom in Estes. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would that you wouldn't just uh, accept these gifts, but, Father, that you would help direct them. Give the pastors, the staff, Father, our financial team, wisdom. Father, give them discernment, good accountability. Father, protect us to make sure that we're investing those funds that are yours, truly your things, into your purposes. And, Father, in that, I pray that you receive glory, and I pray that uh, your kingdom will be built here in Estes. We ask that in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Um.